Hey there, Black Mom Diaries. Picture this, an entrepreneur mom. No big deal, right? Throw three kids with their own businesses on top of that, and what do you get? You get mompreneur Candace Poindexter. She's a total boss mom with an incredible story. Up next on the Black Mom Diaries. Hey everybody, this is Patricia. And I am LaTanya, and welcome to Black Mom Diaries. Yes, welcome, welcome. That's a that's a different intro, and I think I dig it. Did we do <laughs> we do something different? Maybe I don't know. Um, you know Wait my my. Now I'm like trying to think. Like, do don't you? Okay, Whatever. maybe it's always that's... been that way. You know what? My story is like <laughs> as big as a, as a minute. I keep only information in my mind that I need for the day. You know how it goes. Maybe I not. I just thought I'd say it. I think you say it a lot. I think it sounds beautiful. So You've got such I'm an amazing to, yeah. radio voice. I do. And less spastic than me. <laughs> so. I don't know. I used to hate the sound of my voice. I worked for a customer service company. And this was back in 2017. And it was like, we're going to, we're going to take you in the office with the manager and then we're going to listen to your call. And I'm sitting in there like, like, Oh boy, you know, (laughs) because you, it's like listening to your voice, you have to be in a state of love. You know, some people are born with that, like love to listen (laughs) to themselves. But me, I can hear my tones. I can hear Mm -hmm. this and that. But now I can sit all day and listen to because I had to do the work and loving that. But uh, you thank have you a great for, voice. Thank you for saying yes. that. You know, of course. What's the, how? What, how's your Sunday? Oh, I'm saying it's Sunday. This will come out <laughs> another day, but it don't matter. They know we mom. Every day it's is a Sunday. day. We, whatever we yeah. call it, it's Monday. Right. It's Tuesday. It's Monday. <laughs> or Tuesday yeah, no. or Wednesday. <laughs> so I, you know what? I'm good. I am good today. It's really been like the last couple of days. I've been doing a lot of play with my children, especially my oldest. He is my, will you play with me kid? Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because years ago I was in this book club and we read, uh, the year of yes by Shonda Rhimes. I love that mm-hmm. book. It was a great book. And one of the things, yeah. I mean, she had a lot of information that I remember, but one of the things that I remember is She talked about her kids asking her to play with them and she would say she had started saying yes and after 15 minutes it was like they lost interest and she moved on with her day and they moved on with theirs and so she was like you know play with your kids um and I I always think of that whenever I play with my kids um my kids are a little bit different though especially my oldest Mm -hmm. he wants to play all day 15 minutes is not enough So today I was like, okay, we will, I will give you 60 minutes. We can play uninterrupted for 60 minutes. And he was like, yes, that's so much time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I already know what's getting ready to happen. (laughs) Yeah. So by the end, there were like 33 seconds left and he was like, can I have seven more minutes? (laughs) I gave him seven more minutes. I, I, um, you know, I had a lot that I needed to do today. Mm-hmm. But I reminded myself that there will be a day that he will graduate and we will not have this much time together. So I'm going to play how mm-hmm. he wants to play and I'm going to enjoy it. So that's right. what we did. <laughs> right. That's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. I was thinking the same thing because like at my desk, 
I have all these people here with me. Like I'm oh, not lonely. Stuffies. I know you can't see me at home, but my son, he uh, who is the same age as your son, he's uh-huh. my youngest. My youngest is the age of your oldest. Right. And um, he brings me uh, these little things to sit down and have a talk, you know, with whatever, whoever I'm talking to. Little lovies, and yeah. It's, it's crazy that you just said that because I was thinking he will probably not be doing this when he gets older. Now, my daughter's mm-hmm. 12. She still loves stuffed animals. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it almost gives me a little teary-eyed, but we grow with our kids mm-hmm. and we learn to, uh, I, well, I'm learning to accept what they bring to me in a playful manner. Right. But um, I, we're going to get right into what we're talking about today. My daughter is uh, 12. It's all mm-hmm. about the business with her. We ain't, it's, oh, can we talk about my skit? Can you help me with my background for my YouTube channel? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's about the business with her. And I love the contrast. I got one that really wants to play, but then this one is like, wants to see the dollars, <laughs> you know? And I don't, I, she's, you know, I don't blame her for that, but I just, mm-hmm. like I say, it's a different, like, I got to get my mind right. Let me get my business, let me get my business mind on for her. Right. My, my playbook, my play mind on for, for him. Yeah. So, Leading us into our guest today, who do we have? Oh my goodness, we have a very, very special guest in the house today, and I mean, I'm just gonna say more black girl magic, (laughs) because I, you know, this is somebody that I've known for a few years, and I've really admired her for for so many reasons. But let me just tell you a little bit about who we have. Don't tell us something. Candace. Candace is originally from Memphis, Tennessee and moved to Texas seven years ago. So she moved from one tea state to the better tea state. But that's just my opinion. Wow. You're going to put it out there. Yeah. So yeah, she's from Memphis and she moved to Texas seven years ago. She's a single mompreneur of several businesses. And she also manages her three children's businesses. She is inspired by her children's drive to be their own boss. So Candace says, it's not always easy, but it is so worth it. We're on a mission to become a family of millionaires so we can eventually be able to travel abroad to tell our story and to encourage others to step out on faith. So without further ado, I just want to welcome Miss Candace Poindexter to the Black Mom Diaries. Welcome. Yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome, welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, guys. This is very big for me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. This is really big for us. And, you know, like I said, I met you years ago and uh, you did, I met you because you did my daughter's second birthday cake and I was Mm -hmm. just so impressed by you know your story because I heard a little bit about it back then and then you know we we're connected on social media to so just to see like how your story has has just played out has just really always been an inspiration to me so I'm just so glad to have you here thank you thank you thank you (laughs) how are you doing today So I am doing well. Um, Today is Sunday. So of course, I'm working. (laughs) But I uh, 
love to take out the time to to meet with you guys and just to get to tell my story any chance that I have if somebody um comes to me of course I'm all for it um for telling my story um for telling my kids story for for telling the story of the single mom and how um we got on track with things so I love Mm -hmm. to do this I love to talk um I don't get to talk much (laughs) Me too. Um, only when I'm asked. <laughs> <laughs> only when I'm asked. And then I get to talking and it's like, yeah, okay, Candace. <laughs> yeah. <But> yeah. <laughs> well, so, you know, we moms, well, everybody comes from a mom. So, and a lot of times we um, we learn being moms from that. But before we get started there, um, you know, how how is your relationship with your mom? Tell us about that. Um, so my relationship with my mom is, um, it's good now. Um, Uh I had to get to to understand where she was coming from, um, what place she was coming from in her life. Uh, we had situations where we bumped heads a lot, uh, with me being a teenager, a teenager. I asked a lot of questions and I got in trouble a lot as a kid because I always wanted to know why. Um, and sometimes it wasn't always, uh, respected or permitted to ask why, um, but I wanted to know why, why couldn't I do this? Why couldn't I do that? You know, I I need logic. I need, I need a reason. Um, and maybe it was the way I communicated it. Maybe it was the way she communicated it, but I need to know why. So now Mm -hmm. it's okay. Um, our relationship is, is great now. Um, but for a long time, we had a very mangled, uh, relationship as far as us communicating what we needed and what we wanted. Um, when I was younger and I know Patricia, you've heard some of this before. Um, I got in a private benefactor to go away to college. They were paying for everything until I got married, blah, blah, blah. And um, she was like, oh, what, I always wanted to go to Howard University. And so mm-hmm. she was like, oh, you know, I don't know why you're going there. All you going to do is get there and fail. And so that was a huge hit to me. And it's like, wait, yeah. this is the closest thing yeah. to me. This is my mother saying mm-hmm. this. And so that was a hit. Like, am I a failure? Am I, I had the grades to prove I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, the admittance letters to prove that I wasn't, um, the honors to prove that I wasn't, but because my mother said it, you know, there is a difference. It's like, oh, moms know everything. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> as a mom now, I know yeah, that's not true. Not, yeah. <laughs> not true. But it took about two years ago, maybe three years ago, she came to visit um, us here in Texas. Um, and we were driving and I don't know how we got on this conversation or whatever. And she was like, Oh, I always wanted to travel the world to Candace. Cause I always say that I'm like, man, my kids are going to travel the world. We're going to be rich. We're going to be filthy rich. We're going to (laughs) travel. And that's what we're going to do. They're going to have world school, not homeschool. And so I always said that. And so she was like, yeah, I want to travel the world to Candace. And I was like, well, why didn't you? She said, well, I want to go to the air force, but my mom told me, check this out. My mom told me, why would you go to the Air Force? There's nothing but dykes and bulldaggers there. And it's like, oh, oh, wow. wow. Immediately disintegrate. Like every piece of hate that I thought I had for her decreased dramatically. Like I felt compassion for her because the same Mm. thing she did to me um, unknowingly 
you know, whether it was knowing or unknowingly, it was done to her. So mm-hmm. it was a generational thing. I immediately went into prayer. I immediately forgave. I immediately, you know, saw her for, you know, who she was. And mm-hmm. I didn't do that. I didn't give her grace. I didn't give her, mm-hmm. you know, a chance or opportunity. I automatically hated her, you know, mm-hmm. for a long time. And that kept me from a lot of things. Um, you know, hating people, you think, oh, because you know everything about them and you really don't know. You have to know the why of certain things. Like I said, I asked a lot of questions when I was younger, but I never asked her, why would she tell me that? I never mm-hmm. asked. I just held a grudge um, deep down inside for a long time. But when I found out why, I was like, oh my God, Lord, I'm so sorry. You know, I went into prayer. I'm like, oh, it was done to her. She didn't know what to, she only wanted to keep me safe. Even right. though it, it, you know, even though it was a hindrance, but she, in her mind, it was keeping me safe. Stay here and yeah. go to a community college. Stay here and do, when I had a full ride to Howard University, why would I stay here? But I did not understand her. So yeah, compassion now is a big thing for me. I always mm-hmm. see or try to look at the other side of why somebody did, you know, um, what they did or said what they said. And I love, oh, my, my kids, they love her. But they know, you know, certain things, certain people say you can't take, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt because they don't know the purpose that God has put in you. I I can tell you that I was put on this earth to travel the world, spread the gospel and be Candace. That's all I can Mm -hmm. do. And and raise these children the way that God leads me to raise them. Anything else, I really don't. You know, I don't yeah. care about, you know, it's like, eh, you have your feelings towards me. That's cool. Right. I understand. <laughs> you so, said yeah. so much in, in yeah. that, uh, Candace, and it's just, um, I think what you said about just uh, being a mom now and hearing, hearing that from your mom, and even though you had the grades, so you were like, okay, well, the grades tell me that I'm smart enough to get in. But then your mom tells you that, and it's so incredible how our mind can play tricks on us um, Mm -hmm. when people that close to us tell us, no, you're, you're not going to make it. Um, So, you know, just, I mean, that's, that is just, I don't know. Um, But I want to say that, you know, as far as like you being a mom now, um, Clearly, your philosophy is different. So tell us what your mom philosophy is and how that um, that relationship and, you know, the things that you experienced it experienced as a daughter uh, shaped your philosophy as a mom now. Communication is big in our household. A lot of people may look and say, oh, you know, why would your kid say that your kid your kid is not allowed to say that so we went to Colorado um last month and my son's father I have I have three kids so they all have different fathers you know I was searching for some stuff I couldn't find in the world but anyway um he lives in Colorado and we went and we were having a glass of wine the adults were having a glass of wine and the kids came in they saw me pour a second glass they know that their mom doesn't drink number one I have a ton of alcohol at my house because I bake with it, um, but I don't, there's very seldom that I'll drink some, you know, and if I do, it's a glass, maybe. So anyway, I had um, some wine. They saw me going back for my second glass and on to the third glass, and I'm like, uh, mama, chill out. You're doing too much. And so 
um, the dad and the dad's girlfriend was like, hold up, don't talk to your mama like that. You you do what we say and not not what we do and respect that. And you're being disrespectful. I was like, hold up. Number one, <laughs> my kids know I don't drink. So yeah, I may be going a little too far. Like we have a different relationship than other people um, and their children. And so um, the dad goes on to say, you know, I could have never said that to my mom. His mom was an alcoholic. She was lay down on the couch a lot as a child and they could not say that could not say those things so he was like i could never say those things to my mom you know i would have got slapped and da, da, da. And i said well that's the problem maybe if you had said something maybe it would have pulled on a heartstring because it's different you know um when a child says something to you as opposed to an adult my child sees some does or says something to me that they know that i don't do yeah i'm gonna think about it it's like wait you're right there's no way I should have three glasses of wine. Number one, it's full of sugar. I'm trying to lose weight. <laughs> you know, I complain to them. It's like, oh, I got to get back on track. Oh, I, I need to work out more. I need to eat better. But they see me drinking wine. It's like, mom, come on. And so they do hold me accountable a lot more than a lot of adults. I don't have a lot of people around me who hold me accountable. Number one, because they think, you know, they think I've made it. So they don't say anything. They're like, oh, you're doing great, Candace. Oh, you're amazing. Blah, 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 blah. My kid's like, mama, nah, you slipping. <laughs> so I allow them. We do communicate a lot. I don't think it's disrespectful, um, but. Others may think it's disrespectful. It's like, oh, no, we could never tell our moms that. Um, I'm different because I want my kids to communicate. I want my kids to be able to come to me and say things that I couldn't say to my mom. Like, I lost, uh, I don't know if this is a PG show, but I lost my virginity at the age of 11. I could mm -hmm. never tell my mom, you know, I need birth control pills or I'm having sex. And I, I you know, who do right. I talk to? What can I go through? You know, those things, I never had that. My kids are 12, 14, and 16. We don't have those issues. They talk about it. Their friends come to me and talk about the issues that they're going through. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm so glad that all of them are still virgins. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, they know didn't take people, that route. Go ahead. Go ahead. Did oh, you go finish ahead, your you point? Go. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I I like the communication. And mm -hmm. most where most people will see that as disrespectful, you have to think about, you know, the the older, I'm saying the older generation, but we're actually young now, us late 30s to mid 40s in that yeah. area. There were a lot of hidden pregnancies back there. There were mm -hmm. a lot of things that um parents or guardians because I wasn't raised mm -hmm. by my parents grandparents by, great aunts yeah, right mm -hmm. that was <laughs> was like you better not talk about that mm -hmm. and um, yeah. I had uh, I knew a girl she was 14 and she hid her pregnancy up until the day she had the baby wow and mm -hmm. as a mom I'm thinking if that was my daughter you know how much time we miss trying to help her through that you see mm -hmm. yeah a 14 year old you know because she couldn't go and talk to her parent about that mm -hmm. um I my daughter I you know I love sitting down talking to her and she loves that time with me and um just like you she checked me they're the best accountability partner they are they really had. are you know especially when you tell them your goals 
you know yeah. and yeah <laughs> and you know just like my daughter was like uh mom don't you do that you're supposed to be working on your business oh well mm. I'll just go sit down then <laughs> you know yeah. and 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 it's I it's not a if they go out of line you know how to put them back under. oh yeah mm-hmm. it's not you know but um I my my kids are very vocal and I think that's a great way to continue that relationship you're not their friend oh yeah you know it's not and that's what people will see it as you're being their friend but no I want you to tell me what you're thinking and how you're thinking about it yeah we need to go see somebody yeah we'll get that Uh (laughs) yeah because they have a huge amount of respect I, I don't care what anybody say um says my kids watch me like a hawk so, and I live by the philosophy of, no, it's just not what I say. It's how I live because otherwise it would be hypocritical of me to tell you to do one thing and I'm not even doing it. To me, that's hypocritical. And I've always looked at it that way. And it's like, oh, you're going to tell me to do something. You, you're not even doing it. No, that's not how this works. Because I was that type of child, mm-hmm. I wouldn't dare put that pressure on my children. No, they're, they are watching <laughs> and they're watching yeah. big time. So I do respect, you know, what they say. I do respect how they say it. Now, they very seldomly do they get out of line with it. But if they do, all I have to do is give them a look. And it's like, oh, you done, you done went to another level. Like, the this is look. not just. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The mama look. That's what they call No, right. you, you went to another level. This ain't just that. So, yeah, they they know when they cross the line, but they also know that I don't mind being held accountable because I do want them to see somebody living this life that I'm proclaiming to live. So, yeah. Yeah. And I love how you were able to transition from, um, you know, you were the daughter that asked a lot of questions that was not seen as the right thing to do you didn't bring that into your relationships with your children. Yeah, you allowed them to ask mm-hmm. questions. You allowed them to um, hold you accountable with the, the guidelines that, yes, I'm the mom, you're the children, we're not friends, but absolutely, if there's something that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing that you see, please correct okay. me. Because as a mom, if I see my children stepping out of line, I'm going to correct them. And um, it's not a friendship thing. I think that there's so much more to it than, um, and I mean, people see it as, oh, well, you're letting them be your friend. You're letting them disrespect you because they don't fully understand, you know, their, their perspective is not where yours is as a, uh-huh. a parent. And that's fine. You know, we're all on a journey, but um I just think that there is so much value in allowing our children to hold us accountable. It's almost like when I mess up as a mom, I go to my kids and I apologize when I know I need to apologize for that. It's showing that we're all human Mm -hmm. and um, that we all make mistakes and it's giving them a voice. Like we're supposed to be their first teachers. So if we shut them down whenever they say things, how are they going to be in the world? So I oh, love yeah. that. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, that uh, prime example today, a customer came to pick up um, an order and the order was wrong. I, you know, I did it wrong. I was like, oh, let me give you a full refund. You take the cupcakes. I'm sorry. I apologize about, you know, the order. I was not there, though. I was doing another um, event this morning before this one. And the customer's like, we don't want the cupcake. You should have done it right. And, you know, they were hollering at my children and I I admire my kids. They say they admire me and they respect me and all that. But I admire them at a young age because my daughter, who's able to effectively communicate, um, and she'll be 16 at the end of this month. She's not actually 16 yet. She's 15. She says, sir, I am 15 years old. If you have any other questions or concerns, please contact my mother. And the man immediately shut down like, that's what's up. Did she just? tell me to contact she said i have nothing more to say and she closed the door i said yes close the wow. door <laughs> on the enemy don't give them access don't allow them to ruin your day but when i got there we definitely had to talk about it because they were so rude it was a, a husband and wife couple and they were you know they were livid i can understand it was mm -hmm. cupcakes the order was messed up just take them for free i'm sorry i can't do anything else about it and i give you a full refund um, that happens every now and again. I, I can't remember the last time I messed up an order, but I do know how to make it right. You know, I mm -hmm. do know how to, but also I was proud because my children didn't resort to what I would have resorted to as a 15 year old kid. I had so many emotions. They probably would have gotten, you know, cursed out. They probably would have gotten, you know, we probably would have been fighting, but they didn't resort to those type of things, you know, as a 15 year old. Most 15 year olds can't control their emotions and all that. She stood her ground and she said, no, no, you won't tear me down. No, you won't do this. Any other concerns, contact my mother. And I was like, yes, that's my baby, <laughs> my baby. So I am, um, I am proud of them when they do um, those things and take on the things that I've taught them when they actually mm -hmm. do it. That's what makes me proud. Like exercise those things. And they did. So yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. real life. That's real life conflict. That's what yeah. I like. Oh yeah. That's what I love about some of the things that uh, you know, like I said, they're not as old as your kids yet, but mm. even amongst themselves, they still have these little arguments and, and we're like conflict management. How are you gonna do that? And and it sometimes it comes off as, you know, we don't allow hitting. But you'll see a teddy bear fly across the room or something <laughs> like that. Oh you know, yeah, you know. And, and I'm like, you, you know, your my seven year old is is arguing with the twelve year old. I'm like, what do you guys have to, you know? And I'm, it was like, you have to be able to one manage your emotions. Mm -hmm. That's oh, yeah. the first thing. I probably would have cried had I been your daughter because oh. I would have been so um, one. I would have been absorbing their anger or with their frustration mm -hmm. because kids are such great absorbers of any you know of, of of emotions of any kind I just would have cried and just yeah. and, you know and they didn't understand they were so fogged up but that they couldn't manage their emotions so if mm -hmm. you learn that at a young age mm. do you know how great that will serve you as an adult so yeah true. that's awesome 
Yeah, and I love the fact that they do feed off of each other because the 14-year-old was like, she was hitting the bookcase. My daughter told me that she was hitting She was like, you know what? Enough is enough. Because we just had this whole conversation. We meet a lot. We have a lot of family meetings. We talk about a lot of things because I want the lines of communication to, to be open. I don't ever want them to feel like they can't come to me. And so mm-hmm. we talk a lot and probably a little too much. They're like, mama, okay, we've had enough. <laughs> But um, we had this whole thing uh, a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about enough is enough. Like we want to allow mediocrity. We want to allow, you know, other people's feelings to um, get in our way. I had a friend that um, I was talking to and she was just everything is always just so negative with her. And I'm like, I can't be her friend anymore. Like it was draining me. She, She was draining me. And so I was talking to the kids about, I said, don't you ever allow a person to come into your life and suck everything out of you to the point where you're drained when you're finished talking to them Mm -hmm. or you're drained when you're finished going to dinner with them. Don't allow that. And so we don't, we don't allow those type of things to happen. But my 14 year old, she's quiet. But when she gets to this point, it's like, you know what? No, you got to go. (laughs) So she fed off of the older daughter's um emotions and feelings and she was like okay it calmed her down a lot to see that her sister was not getting out of you know out of order with these people but the thing is we have to know how to adjust in any situation like we we can't allow our emotions to get out of order because they've seen me you know trying to deal with people trying to uh talk to people and it's like this is this is too much I can't Mm -hmm. I can't allow my peace to be affected by this we t- we totally live by you know the fact that we have peace over everything and so they they are learning i love those little children <laughs> but <laughs> yeah obvious. Yeah, this is so important it's <laughs> so important well let's gears a little bit um so okay. you know you you are clearly an entrepreneur you have you know your your bakery um, and you have some other businesses. You're from Tennessee. Was that something that you started when you were in Tennessee or did that happen um, by way of you moving to Texas? Tell us a little something about that. Like, how did that all start? Where was the inspiration behind that? Oh, my goodness. So as a kid, I always had some type of side hustle, some type of business. I could remember at I probably was about 11 years old. I was probably around the fifth grade. I had these business cards that I did on my own. I had my own little computer at home, little desktop. And I made my first set of business cards and they were yellow with black writing. (laughs) And they said, um, I got the hookup. And so there's this old song by Master P and all that. I used to love rap a whole lot. And so he used to say, I got the hookup. Holly, if you hear me. Uh." So anyway, (laughs) I made these cards and they were my first set of business cards. And it didn't have anything in particular that I did on the card. It just said, I got the hookup and it had my phone number and my name. That was it. Yellow cards, black writing. And, um, I did hair. Um, I don't know if you guys remember like those microwave ponytails. I used Ooh, to do those. Yes, girl. Extra <laughs> crispy. Charge- Extra crispy. Char- yes, I used to charge $15 for those ponytails. And my mom would get so mad because I would burn up the rubber part on the uh, on the roller in the microwave. In the microwave, so anyway. yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I did a lot of those. I made earrings. 
um, I cleaned people's houses, whatever that needed to be done, I got the hookup. Like I did everything. And so um, there was this old lady that used to live two doors down from us. She taught me how to make earrings and bracelets and all that. I sold all of that stuff. Um, the rubber band bracelets and stuff like that. I, I sold everything. So um, that was what I did when I was younger. That's what initiated the entrepreneurship in me. I always knew that I would have my own business. Um, like I said, I wanted to go to Howard University. I was going for um, information technology. I was going to be a computer scientist, you know, being IT and all of that stuff. Um, but of course, I didn't go. I ended up on the UT chat. But um, I always knew that I would have a business. I always did something on the side. And my granny, my mom's mom, she baked a whole lot. So when mm -hmm. we would go there on Saturday morning, she would have like these huge homemade biscuits. Like they were amazing. <laughs> but she was allergic <laughs> to flour, y'all. So she would have uh. this mask on. And she'd be in there making biscuits and this pineapple coconut cake. Oh, my goodness. So I'm getting just hungry just hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> we, would learn, we would go out there and we would learn. And she's like, oh, come on in this kitchen. And so actually, uh, my cousin, who is my mom's, my auntie's son, he owns a bakery also in Memphis, Tennessee. We both bake because of her, um, because of my granny. But it all started in Memphis. Um, I worked for Memphis City Schools, and even then I was selling cakes on the side. They were not custom cakes like I do now, but they were cakes. They were just good cakes. That's all, that's what I did. I did great tasting cakes. Um, and then when I moved to, when I lost my job at Memphis City School, I started doing it more often, and then I got the leading to move to Texas and all of that. So once I moved to Texas, I had to find, of course, new clientele. And so when I did that, um, I shipped a couple of things back home to Memphis, but um, I started working for um, the state of Texas. And once I started working for the state of Texas, one of my clients, she would come every Sunday, Saturday evening or Sunday morning um, to pick up a pound cake. And she was like, Candace, you know, if you put um, use funding, you can charge triple of what you're charging for these cakes. You can make a kill. And I was like, eh. I don't want to play with fondant. I don't even like fondant. Fondant is a marshmallow uh, decor that, you, you know, you put over a cake or whatever. And she was like, oh, I think you should try. And I said, okay. You know, kind of like, okay. I just kind of brushed her off. I knew I would see her the next week. The next yeah. week she came and she brought me a box of fondant. And she was like, Aww. see what you can do with this. And I made my first fondant cake. And she was not lying when she said <laughs> you could charge triple of what you're charging now for the cakes because people want beautiful cakes um as well as great tasting cakes and so mm -hmm. that's that's my motto like you deserve great cake you'd see these beautiful cakes at a wedding and all that stuff and they taste like cardboard so that is <laughs> that is what i do i do right. great tasting cakes first you just <laughs> yes, proved you that you are <laughs> phenomenal at anything that you put your mind to <laughs> this lady brought you some fondant <laughs> and you turned that fondant into triple dollar yeah you yep. see you wow that's you know to be able to shift like that because back mm -hmm. in the day a pound cake like you said it, they didn't put no fondant on it mm -hmm. you, i wish you would do that at a church in the back in the day nobody would eat it <laughs> 
Uh-uh. No. Like, What's this? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Don't go in with a cake at it. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you moved to Texas and you were still baking um, and you were working for the state. There was another shift. So you went from making good tasting cakes to good tasting beautiful cakes. But at some point um, you turned that side hustle uh, very very successful side hustle into your main main so when was when was the shift there and you know oh. about that but, oh but, but wait a minute one you, I, I, you, right in between here your kids made the move with you uh-huh. how was that i know we're gonna let's get to that but how was that Let's let me start. Okay, so we leave, we have so much. Look, Don't oh my you. goodness, this is gonna okay. be a two-hour conversation. Look, my kids were a lot smaller when we moved here. It'll actually be eight years, August the second. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be eight years here. So when we moved, my kids were like seven, five, and three. You know that mm-hmm. age. They were very tiny. I lived in a in a very nice house in in Memphis. And I kept, this is when I first got my relationship with the Lord and all of this. Mm-hmm. And I was hearing the Lord speak and he's like, okay, it's time to go to Texas. I always knew that I would live in Texas. I just didn't know how my head, I was like, oh, I'll be married. We'll have kids in Texas, blah, 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 all of this. And so um, my son's father, we are very close friends now. He, uh, like I said, he lives in Colorado, we went last month. Um, but before then, I didn't know how to uh, effectively communicate. And um, we had a lot of issues in our relationship. So anyway, we broke up. I was still there in Austin. We got restraining orders. He got restraining orders against me. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't wrap too tight back then. But um, we didn't see each other for over a year. And all of a sudden, he was still seeing his son. He was picking, his mom lived across, uh, around the corner from me. So he was still coming, pick his son up. I didn't know anything about it or whatever, but he was taking care of business, you know, paying the child support, doing everything. And so all of a sudden he called me one day and it was close to the end of the restraining order. And he was like, Hey, and I was like, Hey, (laughs) and he's like, what are you doing? I said, Oh, I'm packing up my house. I'm moving to Texas. And he said, Oh, you're going to do it. I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. Cause we had talked about moving to Texas in the relationship. Mm-hmm. I'd always wanted to, I always knew I was going to Texas. Um, he didn't mind because he'd lived here before. So he was like, okay, let's do it. That was before the breakup. So anyway, when he called, um, I said, yeah, I'm packing my stuff up. I'm going to Texas. He said, so you're really going to do it. I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. He said, well, that's why I'm calling you, I guess. And I'm like, what do you mean? You guess that's why you called me. He said, I felt the urge to call you. I'm going to pay for you to move to Texas. I lost my job at at Memphis City Schools. I lost it. I didn't have a dime in savings. All I had was food stamps on a food stamp card. That's all I had. That's that path again. (laughs) I had nothing. Uh Uh-huh. So he called me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He called me. He was like, okay, that's why I'm calling you. And I'm like, you're going to do what? He said, I'm supposed to pay for you to move. And when I say he paid for me to move, he paid every, I sold everything in my house. I got my kids and I got some clothes and I was gone. My son, um, he was still small then. So maybe he was round two, maybe turning three or something like that. But, um, 
he helped me come and pack up at the time I had a Jeep. We packed up my Jeep and um, uh, well, before I moved, I had to come here, sign paperwork. I moved to Dallas first. And so um, I had to come here, sign paperwork for the house, the uh, house that I was moving in in Dallas. And um, once I did all of that, he packed my stuff up and we moved. And uh, once we got to Dallas, once we got to, to Dallas and all of that, he did stay there um, with us for a while and make sure we were safe, you know, make sure it was all new to us. I'd never been to Texas. Um, and so once he did that, he moved on to Colorado. He got a job there. It was a little bumpy how he left and all of that. But once we realized that, okay, we weren't, we were trying to be back together and that wasn't working for us. But um, we are actually very close friends now. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, we talk about a lot of spiritual things, how things happened, and how God is in control of everything that we do. So it's pretty amazing how it happened, but that's how I got to, um, that's how I got there. That's how I got to, to Texas. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't mean to take you totally off the, it's just, we, we moved nine years ago, and mm -hmm. I, I had a two-year-old and a six-month-old at that, at that point, uh -huh. but my two-year-old, she didn't, it wasn't, she didn't like it because uh -huh. we moved away from family. Yeah. You know, and I noticed the little behavioral things, but so uh -huh. I just wanted to know how you got, you, you know, you're, you weren't alone as you found out you were not uh -huh. alone because you're taken care of as soon as your purpose will always take care of. So oh, yeah. when you got here and your kids are here, it seems like it all kind of settled into now, let's get busy. Mm -hmm. Right? So Yes. And then that yep. was your question, Patricia. I, I forgot <laughs> it. No, <laughs> she no. took me back. And thank you. No, thank you for um, adding that question to it because I think that that um, adds fullness to the discussion. So that's why that's why we're a team because we just okay. We just yeah, all good. <laughs> but yeah, so so tell us about um, when you made the transition from this being a side hustle to being your your career okay so um I had gotten um uh, and I was in Dallas and I was working for a head start school and all of that and I was I got an interview with the state of Texas um I didn't necessarily know where the interview was initially. And so I was talking on the phone with my sister the night before the interview. And she was like, hey, had you checked where it is? Because I was complaining about traffic. Memphis is nowhere near the size of Dallas. Like there's one loop in Memphis and you can go across the whole city of Memphis in like 20 minutes. Dallas, it was different. <laughs> so I had always told her, yes, I'm like, oh my goodness, this traffic. Oh my goodness. It takes me 30 minutes to get here. It takes me four. So she had asked me, hey, check, check and see where it is. And I'm like, okay. And so I heard the Lord say it's in Austin before I even checked. And I was like, oh, and she was like, what? I said, 
what if it's in Austin? And she was like, girl, just check and see. And I'm like, no, I literally heard that the job was in Austin. And, you know, I, I'm afraid. Like, what if it's in Austin for real? Because the Lord had already told me I was going to get the job. So I was afraid that it was in Austin. Um, and so I checked the GPS. She gave me the address, but she didn't say Austin, Texas. She just gave me the address. It was on Rutherford Lane or something like that. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I checked the address. Sure enough, it was in Austin. And so I'm like, okay, I had a plan that night. I got off the phone with my sister. I prayed. I'm like, okay, the kids are going to go to school. Uh, my son is going to go to Head Start. I can drop, they come and pick him up. And so once they pick him up at 630, the kids will be on the bus by seven. I can be on the road and be here by 10. My appointment was at 11. Like the interview was at 11. I can do the interview for about an hour. I can be back on the road by two. You know, I plan all of this out in my head. And I'm like, okay. Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Look, wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Yes. You was going to do this in an eight-hour... Oh, I did it. I did it in the eight-hour shift. Yes. That's what that's yes. what's up. I no, like, yes. you know what? You, I think the same way, but then sometimes I'm like, I get a flat tire, then who's going to do that? You know what I'm saying? That's probably... And you know I had nobody in Dallas. Right. Yes. Right. Who's going to pick my... Chi- oh, my mm-hmm. God. I know. Yeah. I was because he had gone to Colorado. That's a warrior right there. Yeah. Close. He had already left and went to Colorado, so I didn't have any, but I knew no one in Dallas. I'm like, yeah. oh, my oh my goodness. Okay. People was throwing food <laughs> in the car when you was driving by. I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> You're like, is All there anything else you need to ask me? I don't have any other questions. Please contact me if you want anything else from me. Okay, thank you. Bye. Leaving interview <laughs> to give back. Wow. Yeah. So it, I mean, to me, that sounds like just reiterating what Latanya said earlier, just about how, um, you know, that it was your path. And so things just opened up because it just why? Happened. And you said that, you know, you, you talked to God about it and he was like, this is going to be your job. So why would, why would he give you a job in Austin when you lived in Dallas? You had to go to Austin to do the interview. Why would it work out where you couldn't get back to your kids? And so people at the daycare are like calling you, hey, where are you? You know, so the fact that it all worked out, it was just very clear. Well, that, she would have yeah. never got on the road if it wasn't meant for her. That's what yeah. I've always oh, yeah. learned. Yeah. If, if, yeah. If, if something is not meant for you to do, you would never have got you know something you would have had a flat tire when you walked out your son would have been yeah. sick that morning you yep. you know what i'm saying you mm-hmm. that wouldn't have happened yeah exactly and that it was so perfect I, the fact that my sister said that i already knew it was my job and so i'm like okay so regardless of where it is i'm going i, mm-hmm. I knew it was closer to the end of the year that i was living in dallas we'd live there a year um or whatever and um, I knew I was moving because the Lord had instructed me to start saving money. He said, save vigorously, save, save. So I knew I was moving. I just thought we were moving to a house in Dallas. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out like yeah. that. And so when we got to, to Austin, when I got to Austin, I did the interview. Before I could get back through Waco, um, 
the, it was funny because the guy who was the supervisor, he didn't even stay in the interview. He like came in, assessed me and left out. I think he asked, asked me one question and that was it. And he walked out. And um, before I could get to Waco, they were calling me, hey, Miss Poindexter, you got the job. When can you start? And I was like, I know what the Lord said, but the way he was looking and the way he assessed me, it was like, girl, you ain't got that job. But before I could get through Waco, he was calling me back and telling me that I had the job. And so, yeah, I had I'm to sorry. move. I'm laughing because when he said, when can you start? Well, I could drop my son off the daycare in the morning and then I could be right on back down there for my eight hour, you know. <laughs> my goodness. What an awesome that story. Is- yeah. yeah. And so that's not even, so that's not, that's the beginning of it. So once mm-hmm. I got to Austin, I got the job with the state. I worked with, it was with um, the food stamp office. Um, I worked there a year. Um, and then uh, my daughter began to get very, very sickly uh, with asthma, allergies. Uh, she has chronic asthma. And so she was getting very, very sick. But he allowed me, the same guy that walked in and out, I had a relationship with him, a rapport. A little bitty, uh, he's a little bit, little bitty guy, but um, <laughs> he allowed me to do what I want to. All of the other clerks, I started off as a clerk for the food stamp office. All of the other clerks were in one big office. I had an office by myself. When my kid would get sick, like I could go get her and bring her back to the office, and they would say things like, "Why does she get an office? Why does she?" I did the scheduling for the caseworkers. Why does mm-hmm. she do that? You know, and he had a justification. It's like he kept me like covered he had a justification oh well she does the scheduling you all don't do the scheduling she needs an Mm -hmm. office by herself all of that so when my daughter would go get sick I would go get her and come back well I got a promotion to a caseworker and so now I'm doing caseworker you know work and I get this new um supervisor and all that he wrote this raven referral for me all of this stuff um within two years I had gotten three promotions so I got in a promotion with him from the clerk to the scheduler and then from the scheduler to caseworker um, and then from caseworker to one to caseworker two. But anyway, I got this new supervisor and she was a female and um, she asked me on the interview, she was like, what is the most important thing to you right now? I said, my kids, my kids are most important. I'm here by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have any family. They come first. If there is an emergency, I would have to leave. She said, oh, okay, you know, we all have children, blah, 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 all of this stuff. I said, no, I'm a single mom. I don't I don't have anybody here. Oh, we could work around that. Your referrals were amazing, all of that. My daughter got sick, got rushed to the emergency room. The school called me, hey, Miss Poindexter, could you meet us? Dale children, can you meet us there? Like, we can't wait on you to get here. We have to take her now. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Okay. So I go into the office. Hey, my daughter's been rushed to the emergency room. I have to go. This woman said, do you have anybody else that could go for you? I was like, after you told her, wow. They don't listen. They don't listen at that point. Or they're like, oh yeah, it's not going to be a problem. So, I mean, that, (laughs) what, wow. Because of the rave reviews, I don't know, referrals. I I don't know what she was thinking. I was like, man, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you understand or not. But even if there were somebody else, if Jesus Christ himself were going <laughs> to the hospital with him, I would still want to be there as her well, yeah. mother. Oh, that's yes. true. And she was like, well, I don't know. We have this work that we have to do. I said, you know what? Let me help you. 
here's my two weeks notice that I'm giving you. I'm about to go. Damn. So see, and, and I left. It. I think that's it. I think that they, and I mean, I could be totally wrong here, but I think that a lot of times they say that because they expect you to not, to, to need your job. Right, 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 job. Right. So if my supervisor tells me that I've got to stay because we have this work, then I got to figure something else out. But the fact that she didn't understand that when you said my kids come first. Nobody. <laughs> Just when it was getting good, we cut to commercial. Well, if you want to know how the story continues, and trust me, you want to know. Join us for part two of The Mompreneur on the next episode of The Black Mom Diaries.